Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Who's jacked up in here? Yes. You know, Paul was uh, being uh, imprisoned and beaten and in chains. And I, don't quote me on this, but I think it's Acts 23, verse number two or seven, something that looks like a two or a seven, in my mind at least. And he said this, I think myself happy. Oh, come on. That'll preach, won't it? You get the choice. So why not think yourself happy, right? First Samuel, I think it's chapter 30, verse number 12. David said, you think I'm making it up? Somebody can get on to me later. But uh, <laughs> David, you know what he said? He said, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I mean, I just think this, we're here, let's smile, let's be happy in Jesus' name, amen? I don't care if you're broke, be happy. Thank Jesus you got 17 cents in there. Let's do something with it. it I mean, it's just amazing how everything can be so conditional. And we're going to choose happiness, and we're going to dive into God's Word, and Tom's already going to be mad at me because I just changed my message from whatever I sent them. Here's what I know. Miss Jan is just, uh, she, I know that every time she knows I'm speaking, it's like, oh, it's Shannon. You know, because she's always like four years before I come, she's like, I need your notes. I mean, she's so organized. And also, I need to know if you've gained more weight and we need to get you two seats or whatever. I mean, she's just that organized, just constantly. And when I, when I have the opportunity, I send her messages, but there's a really good chance I'm not going to use them. And, and the reason is, the way I say that is, is because so many times when I get in a room, the Spirit of God is very clear, this is what I want you to share. So I don't justify it. I'm just saying this, Tom, whatever I sent you, I know that's a good message and I'll use it someday. But I'm not going to right now. I just want to talk. I just want us to get honest. I want us to be real. I know what a PM crowd is. It means you love Jesus. And, uh, and somebody clapping for themselves. That's what I'm saying. Clap yourself happy. Get some. I, I ate it, or I ate. I didn't eat. I did eat, but I drank at coffee at. Um, I want to say Wild Roast. Oh, hallelujah! I'm jacked up and ready for sure. Uh, there's something about Grand Rapids and y'all's coffee. It makes me. It. I, I don't even have to think myself happy. I'm happy. And what Jan did do is put some Madcap coffee in a box in my hotel room, and that is God's will. I love that stuff. Just hope I can make it through TSA. If you have a Bible, I, and I just encourage you, I know this is going to sound so like cheesy, but you're here, open something up that's got the Word of God on it. And if you don't have that, just take the notes section. Unless you're a droid user, there's a good chance you're not saved. But if you are a droid user, <laughs> you know what I think is demonic is being in a droid text group. That is probably the most demonic moment of my life because you can't get out once you're in a droid text group who's ever been in a droid text group you can't get out of it what in the devil worship is going on there get me out of the group bless god matter of fact i'm in one and they send me their verse every day and i see it on their instagram and on their facebook and everywhere else i'm like can i just get out of this group but then i think i'm the pastor to look offensive so i just start i've just started in all these droid groups sending information to how you can give to our church yes I'm like, don't forget, here's the give link. Thanks for sending me your Bible verse. I know it's bad. 
My wife says, I'm honoring, I can't help it. But I do know this. If you have something, take some notes, write a few of these things down. First Samuel chapter 17, I just want to share with you a little bit because I don't know about you. Uh, last year, about this time, um, I had a giant I had to slay. Now, obviously it happens through God, his Holy Spirit. But I mean, it was a ugly rearing itself head giant. And you can love God all you want but the reality is this, if you love God, you're going to be in a battle. Why? Because we're taking kingdom ground, right? That's what this is all about. Heart for the kingdom. I mean, the goal is not just to go to heaven someday. It's to live heaven the moment you get saved out until we get there. Because there's some things you can't do once you get to heaven. You can only do here. We need to be about it. You know, one of the things, share the gospel, lead people to Jesus. When you get to heaven, you cannot do that anymore. So we need to be passionate about it. If you agree with me, say yeah. yeah. So in that, we need to be serious about some things in our lives. And one thing is taking out giants that have held us back. Matter of fact, oftentimes, many of us are battling the same things we battled a year ago. And there's very few places in our life that we'll be okay with that. Matter of fact, instead of having solvable issues in our spiritual life, you know what we have? Perpetual. We just keep on perpetuating. It's like, oh, I'm going to be okay with that. Oh, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to be okay with it. It's kind of like in your marriage when you miss out on choosing an issue and saying, we're going to solve this, not perpetually deal with it. And every year have this same issue. Deal with the issue. In other words, face that giant, battle that giant. There's so many great pictures in the scripture, but I think there's none greater than the story of David taking on Goliath. And in my own personal worship last year, I'd never seen this before, but there's actually 10 sequential steps to taking on giants found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Matter of fact, the story itself of David taking on Goliath is found in 1 Samuel 17, and there's 10 steps so that you can take on your giant. Now, a lot of us clapped our heads or said, our hands or said, not our heads, say amen. How many of you have faced a giant or are facing a giant at some point? I'm using that metaphorically, obviously, in your spiritual life, marriage life, finance life, health life, raise your hand. Okay, we all have. Let's take these 10, 10 steps so we can win. Matter of fact, some of us could probably avoid some of the giants by just understanding the directions that God's given us so that we can win spiritually. I just don't want to be the same that I was last year spiritually. I don't want to be. And I, and I ask my wife regularly. I'm just like, you know, where are we at? How am I doing? And even in measurement, she'll even help me. I'm constant. I say constantly. I don't want to use that inappropriately or in, uh, not as a fact, but I'd say constantly like, where can we do this better? And she'll share things with me. And now as my kids get older, they will. But personally, I don't want to be the same. I don't want the same marriage. And even in my physical life, I don't want to be the same that I was last year. I want to be healthier. I want to be better. I want to do everything I can to be more effective. I want greater energy for God's glory. Why? Because time's short. I want to be the best. I want to be the best for the next generation. I want to be the best for my kids. But there's times, and last year specifically, about this time, I faced one of the ugliest giants in my life. God's given me and given you in the scripture 10 steps. You're like, Shannon, you said that four times. Preach the message, bless God. Well, here's what I saw in my notes. I got 50 minutes. <laughs> You're going to get all 51 of it. <laughs> now, I just want to make sure you understand that I, I don't want to have a message here and you go, I really appreciated that. 
That's not why I'm here. I want this message to change your life because it's God's word. A message in the mind prepares and, and changes minds. A message prepared in the heart changes hearts. A message prepared in my life, shared for my life, changes, touches lives forever. So I want to share with you out of my life. Ten steps to face giants. And I want us to win in every category of our life. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. How many of you want to be married someday? Raise your hand. Okay, it, it affects all of us. How many of you have kids? How many of you have a checking account or have some sort of monetary value that you have to measure? How many of you want to be healthy? Great. How many have a job? Okay, we can win all these areas. How many of you love your church, love God's church, and want to build his kingdom? Okay, here we go. You've got to win in these areas. And here's the thing about giants. Can I just tell you? They're rarely big like you understand. They're the smallest little things that trip us up. The smallest little things. So let's just jump into what the scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to take it verse by verse. Do I need to go over the story? We good, David and Goliath? You're PMers. You got this. You're PMers, right? David and Goliath. You know what's transpiring here. He had been anointed king, and he takes time to do a few things. Number one is this, and I'm just going to jump right in. If you want to beat the giant that's in your life, number one, you need to be submitted. Matter of fact, submission and submit is a word that's not culturally um, favored so much, but can I just say this? Until you learn how to get underneath authority, you're never going to be able to declare it. You have to be submitted. What's amazing is David was just anointed king. And then here's what his dad said in verse 17. Take these loaves and bread, carry, carry them uh, to your brothers and give them these 10 cuts of cheese. In other words, he just got anointed king and his dad next thing, next, just a few verses later goes, hey, I want you to be the first cheese pizza delivery boy in the word of God. Yeah, Domino's delivers cheese pizza. Here I come. I just got anointed king. Do you not understand? It didn't matter. His dad said it. He said, yes, sir. So he goes down to the battle. Cheese, anybody? Anybody need some brie? <laughs> Can you imagine this? I, I can't imagine this guy. He's getting ready to slay a giant and he carries cuts of cheese. He's carrying bread down there. And that's what I love about him as well. I, if you, can, you wanna be the Mr. Romantic men, you need to be like King David. This guy could rip a lion with his bare hands apart, but he could play the harp. Pring, pring. He is the man. That is your goal for this weekend, men. Kill something and learn how to play the harp. You gotta be submitted though. The reason many of us are facing giants is because we didn't pay any attention to the fact of what God has given us direction to do. Number two is this. If you want to be effective and you want to kill the giant, face that and win over it, is you need to get up early. Now, I just want to talk practicum here for a minute. I don't want to talk about eschatology here. The reason everybody likes the book of Revelation is because no one understands jack about it. It's like, oh, the seven heads, the seven swords, the seven candles, the seven church. Oh, hallelujah. I bet that was the seven hills. This, that, that. You know why we like studying Revelation? Because you don't even know what you're talking about. But you have a verse that says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that don't really mean that. <laughs> yeah, I just love your neighbor. It doesn't really mean neighbor. Like neighbor, it means, uh, you know, oh, give 10% to God. Oh, it doesn't really mean that in the New Testament. No, the New Testament says this about the 10%. It says, give, give everything you have. Sell it all and give it to the church. I'd go Old Testament, I was you. Yeah, tithe, amen, 10%. <laughs> I 
And some of you are laughing right now going, does the New Testament really say that? Yeah, it does. And then they have an altar call one Sunday. Anybody remember this story? This is free of charge. Free of charge. Somebody named Ananias, the fire, some or another. You remember all this kind of stuff comes up there and they roll up front. The guy's like, is this all you're offering? He's like, yeah. He said, didn't you sell a bunch of property? He's like, uh, yeah, but this is all the money. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Welcome to church. I just killed you. <laughs> That's in the Bible. No one preaches this. Then his wife comes in. He's like, hey, I heard you sold a bunch of property. How'd that real estate deal go? Oh, it was fantastic. You bring all the money up here? Yeah, my husband did. You're dead. (laughs) We're going to bury you where we buried your husband. I, I mean, I'm not saying put that on your Christmas card this year, but that's in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? We love all this stuff that doesn't make any sense. Here's what David's showing you. Get up early if you want to walk more powerfully with God. Like, why have my quiet time at night? The Bible doesn't say you have to have it, but it says this, early in the morning, will I rise up and seek thee? I'm just saying, get up early. I want to get up before my family does to pray over my family and be prepared spiritually so that I can win battles. Well, I'm just not a morning person. I don't know what kind of person you are, but you need to do what God's word says. And here's what David did. He got up early for the win, for the W. I remember the first time I went, as I mentioned to you this morning, to CrossFit. And the first day I went there, they did wall balls and pull-ups. So they give me this wall ball. I'm supposed to do a 20-pound wall ball. And instead, they watch how weak I was. They're like, won't you take the girl's wall ball? It's 14 pounds. I was like, oh, I got a girl's name. Let's go for it. So I can barely squat. I'm just trying to throw it up. I said, okay, now we're going to do pull-ups. Here's exactly what I told them. Ah, I don't do pull-ups. And my coach goes, well, you are today. See, we walk into the church and go, ah, I don't get up early. Ah, I don't serve. Ah, I don't really do. Ah, I don't really get. Listen, God's not asking what you do. He's telling you what to do so you can win. What's crazy now is I can do strict pull-up. I can do butterfly pull-up. I can do a kipping pull-up. I can do a pull-up with my shirt off. I don't, but I can. (laughs) In case you wanted to know, babe. You got to get up early for the win. Here's what the scripture says. Verse 20, David rose up early in the morning. I mean, love the Bible. Raise your hand. Okay, get up early. Now, I don't know what early means for you, but I know this. 11 a.m. is not early. If you want to win, and for many of you, getting up early is a discipline. Discipline is getting to know God better. Get up early. He got up early. He rose early so he could defeat the enemy. Why most people don't get up early is because they stay up late. Can I tell you something? Nothing good happens late at night. Nothing good. Now you're like, man, I get a lot of work done. Then learn to not sleep as much. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. There's so many people that stay up late. And here's what happens for marriages. I'm going to throw this out there. Again, this is a free of charge note. Here's what happens. You go to bed at separate times. You remove intimacy from your relationship. All of a sudden, especially if it's a husband, he goes into a Twitter pothole starts meeting selfishly his needs physically. They're totally distant from each other. Go to bed at the same time. Save yourself a ton of trouble in texting people you shouldn't be texting and Facebooking old girlfriends that are very, not as attractive as they used to be 25 years ago, you thought they were. What are we doing here? What'd you tell your kids at night? You wanted to have a certain bedtime. Why do we want to win? Now, what are you saying this for, Shannon? I'm just saying, if your giants are found, especially for those of us at night, go to bed. 
Go to bed. It's that easy. If your TV's a pothole, don't turn the TV on. If messing with your phone at night's a pothole, don't even use your phone at night. Give it to your spouse's side of the bed. I'll tell you what you want to do, especially if you have teenagers at home, give your phone, dad, to your teenage son. Just say, I want you to monitor my phone so I can be successful spiritually. It changed your whole house. I'm just saying you want to win or not, we won't keep faking it. We don't want to keep faking it. When did David have his greatest battle? When he walked on the edge and the ledge of that roof? He knew that was the WWW back in the day, the World Wide Web. He went to the roof for one reason. You know why? Because he knew he could see nudes. That's where they bathed. That's where they stored their hot water on the roof. And so he knew that there would be naked women up there bathing at that time of the day. So he got on the edge of the ledge. I'm just up here because I like the serotonin and the sunshine. Hmm, there's Bathsheba. <laughs> if, what's her name really, Bathsheba? Help me out, Pastor. How in the world is some naked woman in a bath named Bathsheba? That's got to be a transliteration issue, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, come on, Bathsheba. Was that a rapper name? I mean, what happened here? I just struggle with this. Bathsheba, wiki wiki in a bath. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Does that mess with anybody else's theology or is it just me? I mean, if her name was Shisheba, I'm good with that. Bathsheba in a bath. What happened to David? He knew he shouldn't have been up there. Do what it takes to win. Do what it takes to win. Get up early. Number three is this. If you want to win over this giant, get out of the trench. He went into the trench. They're in the valley of Judah. They're facing this unbelievable enemy. Here's what's crazy. For 40 days... For 40 days, the warriors stayed on the sidelines. The cheese pizza delivery boy is walking in and he's looking around. He's ready to take on for the win. But when he came to the trench, the nine foot nine inch giant looked 15 feet tall. See, when you're in a low place in your life emotionally, when you're in a low place, somebody go with me here. When you're in a low place somewhere spiritually, everything looks uphill and harder than it really is. You and I need to step out of that trench, get out of that low place in our life, and you know where it is, step up on solid ground so you can take on your enemy face to face. But what happens is we get in this low pace, we start saying things that aren't true about ourselves, we start saying we can't win, we start speaking things that aren't true, when God wants you to get out of the trench, just like it says in 1720 of 1 Samuel. Your enemy will always look bigger when you're in a down place. Also, can I just say this? Don't make decisions when you're in a down place. Major decisions in your life. Don't go and look at new cars. Don't go to Walmart. Definitely don't when you're go. Don't shop when you're down. Matter of fact, uh, Cindy and I's marriage counselor gave us the greatest wisdom. If you want to win in your relationship, you need to halt, okay? This, this is gonna help somebody. You need to make sure you don't ever make major decisions in these halt moments of your life. What's halt stand for? Number one, when you're hungry, don't make major decisions. Definitely don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Who's made that mistake before? And then all of a sudden you look in your refrigerator, it's like, how'd we end up with this weird stuff? It's because you were hungry when you went. And I can tell you this for this, and Cindy will tell you, when I'm hungry, it's not good. Don't ask me what I'm doing with Jesus in my life. Just don't get into all my, don't try to ask me about emotions. Don't try to discuss things. Don't come up when I'm super hungry and go, oh, babe, there's something with the kids we need to talk about. And I'm speaking specifically to a lot of people here, but specifically Cindy and I know this is a battle for me. If I'm hungry, just feed me and then you can tell me whatever you want. I'm saying, yeah. 
Those low moments of your life. The A in halt is angry. When you're angry, don't make major decisions. These are low moments in your life. By the way, it's not a sin to be angry. In your anger, what's the scripture say? In your anger, don't sin. Oh, that's good. That is so good. I preached a message not long ago. You can find it on brandnewchurch.com, mad about you. It's in a series called Seven. I encourage you to listen. It's life-changing. But for you, don't make major decisions when you're angry. The L in halt, lonely. When you're lonely, you can be married and extremely lonely. You can be surrounded by people and be extremely lonely. And the T is tired when you're tired. These are low places in our lives. And all of a sudden you wonder how that escalated to that point. It's because you were in a halt moment of your life. Get out of the trench. Step out of those low places. And here's the thing. Quit praying about getting out of the trench. Step out of it. Just get out of it. Quit being that person. You can do this. God wants to use you to do this. Here's what else he did in verse number 20, which is number four. I think I'm on number four is shout. You need to shout. Would you just try shouting right now? Just kind of like, I go, woo, just try that. Yeah. I mean, when you shout, doesn't that change things? My wife shouts whenever like something happens in the car. She goes, huh? like that. And I'm just like, what happened, babe? Nothing. I just did that. Oh, thank you. I mean, it changed, doesn't it? It like makes y'all nervous. What's it do as soon as you shout? It affects your adrenaline. It affects your energy. Verse 20 says, as the hosts were going forth to fight, they shouted for battle. You need to shout. If you want to be victorious in life, you can't be silent for Jesus. You need to shout about it. You need to let somebody know. The reason many of you will walk into average common sin is because the people around you have never seen you be bold for Jesus. I mean, just take a stand. Just say no. Don't do that. I mean, my kids ask me all the time. It's like, Dad, everybody drinks. Why don't you drink? Well, here's why. I choose to be set apart in that area of my life. I'm John the Baptist. I just, I'm not going to drink. I've never seen anybody drink and go, man, that has really changed my life spiritually. Every time I drink, I just make wiser decisions and just love God more and more and more. I love Jesus when I drink whiskey. Too much of it. I just, no, you love everybody then. That's the problem. I'm just saying, whatever it is in your life, you need to make sure you're willing to, I'm not gonna be silent about some of the, when I, when I see great things, I'm gonna say hallelujah. I love saying praise Jesus. I love saying this. I love shouting out. I love worshiping out loud. Change the atmosphere. You get to change it. And I would just say this, shout. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us to. They're shouting in victory and the battle hasn't even started. It hasn't even started. You need to declare victory so you can win. If you want to have victory in your church, we can't be silent. We've got to make sure we're going forward. And, and here's the thing. I'm sick and tired of letting the devil do all the talking in our culture. I'm sick and tired of it. Let's do the talking. Let's change the culture. Let's say, no, it is all right to love and find marriage between a man and a woman. You know why? Because God's word says so. Why aren't we talking anymore? The only time we talk is when we get defensive and then we look ugly and angry. Don't. Be full of love and joy and pass it on. The reason most people are confused about gender and marriage is because the church is not living what it looks like to have a great marriage. They want to see people holding hands and squeezing butts and kissing each other. Open the door. Instead of always looking like you want to do something else or be with someone else. You see what I'm saying? 
Shout it out. Tell people you love her. I love introducing my wife every time I do. I say, this is my girlfriend. Every time they smile, I go, oh yeah. Why is that so awkward? It's because we don't think they're our girlfriend anymore. That is my girlfriend for 26 years. We had to go the other night. I introduced him. He's like, man, I just was freaked out the whole time. I told my wife, I said, he brought his girlfriend to speak. It's so weird. That's a true story, isn't it, babe? He's like, I had to wait. He goes, no, that's his wife. He just calls her his girlfriend. Wouldn't you love to just shut the devil up about what people looking for love in all the wrong places when they can just see what it's supposed to look like because your marriage is red hot? Your marriage, I said it in the first service today, I'm gonna say it again. Your marriage is a mirror image of your walk with Jesus. How is it? Groom bride, shout. Be serious about shouting. What's amazing is this, is Goliath, every time he went down in the valley every morning, you know what he did? Every morning he went down to the valley of Judah. You know what he did? He shouted. Fee, fi, fo, fum. Come and try to beat me. You're dumb. Or whatever he said. I have no idea what he said. (laughs) But what's crazy is this. If you let someone else shout in your valley, which by the way, Judah means praise. That was the valley of praise. Someone's going to steal your praise. Don't let the enemy do it. Don't let the enemy do it. Here's number five. Focus on the reward. The reason we live for Jesus is because one day we're going to have a reward. How many believe there's heaven when we die? How many of you believe that what you do here on earth is going to be measured to you in reward when you stand before Jesus? How many of you understand that? Well, I know I said you shouldn't talk about Revelation. Can I just throw this out there? There's the judgment seat of Christ for Christians. There's a great white throne judgment. But if you know Christ, there's a judgment seat of Christ. And here's the thing. Everything you've done for Christ is going to be laid at your feet. He says it's either going to be wood, hay, and stubble. I don't know what stubble is. I just imagine the stuff on the end of my razor. It's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. And then there's going to be all this unbelievable, especially the crowns. Oh, I love that. And then what do we do? We're going to push it back at his feet. Can you imagine getting there and having nothing? I mean, could you imagine getting there and going, I didn't do jack for Jesus. I made it here, as the scripture says, by the skin of my teeth. Focus on the reward. You're like, oh man, that's not spiritual. You know, we just need to do it for nothing. We need to do it. No, David focused on the reward. Look at this. I love what he's in verse 25. It says, the king offered a huge reward to anyone who kills Goliath. Now, a lot of us are saying, man, he was just led by the spirit of God to kill Goliath. And, yeah, and I believe he was, but he also said, I'm gonna get the jackpot. <laughs> he says, he goes on, he says, he will give the man one of his daughters for a wife. What a deal. I mean, this is awesome. You know, he had a little woman issue anyway. He's like, okay, I'm in on that. The man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is God's will for the rest of his life. No, it's tax-free, duty-free in Jesus' name. Just go kill this guy. He's like, sign me up. He signs up. He walks up there. They try to put all this stuff on him. He said, I'm good. I'm going to run down here. I'm going to grab five smooth stones, blah, 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 this, that, or the other. Put it in there. You know what transpires there. And then look at verse number 27. He said, hey, um, can you remind me again what I get for killing the giant? If you're reading the Bible here, it really says that. He asked two verses later. What will a man get for killing the Philistine? And the men, it says, it says the men gave the same reply. Free from debts, you get, all, you get an unbelievable reward, cash reward, and you get a bride. He wanted to know the reward again. Why are we doing what we're doing? 
Here's why. Because you're going to get a reward when you die. That's going to bring God glory. I don't want to get to heaven and go, oh man. Work on the reward. Again, the practicum of winning. If you'll stay focused on the goal, you won't be skipping out. What I love about my workout community is there's accountability. That's why I, oftentimes why I go, because I know someone's there counting on me to be there. And that's why you serve the church. That's why you get plugged in and do life together, because there's someone counting on you. There's some child that's waiting on you to invest in them so their life's going to be forever changed. It's not just about attending. It's about reward. Here's the other thing. If you want to win and fight these giants, you need to be the same in the dark as you are in the light. What's so beautiful about David is when he was in the backyard, he was doing what he's getting ready to do on the front stage of life. It says in verse 35 and 36, he said, I'll catch it by the jaw, club it to death. I've done this both the lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine. In other words, it wasn't rare for him to stand on the stage to defeat an enemy because he was already doing it and practicing it in his personal life, just managing what was already his. See, if you want to be great for God in that public arena, you need to be great for God in your private life. And I would say for me personally, that's where I had to choose to make a bigger W. And, and you've got to do the same. You've got to do the same thing. And, and even in every area, being above reproach, looking for new ways to be more successful so that God's anointing can be on your life. Do the right thing in the dark. And I'm going to say in the dark, not just in the sense of moral purity issues. And I will say this, please, please, please. I, I deal with more people who've been married 25 plus years that are battling the issue of divorce because they're on some hope filled highlight reel on social media. And then all of a sudden they think it's going to be glorious again. And I'm going to go back to my glory days. And then they leave their spouse and I'm dealing with this. I'm going to say monthly, monthly. And divorce in general, weekly, but monthly. And it's something Cindy and I are passionate about marriage. I'm just saying, make sure that you're winning in those areas as well. We have all types of accountability and protection. But I'm saying the dark in your life when it comes to depression and doubt and discouragement. I, I know there's all types of clinical issues. I don't want to get into that. I don't even act like I know anything about it. I know people battle it, but I know a lot of people just situate themselves in the dark mentally instead of choosing the light in Jesus' name. I'm not saying stop your meds if somebody heard that just now. I did not say that. But I'm saying if you want to win, get in the light. Watch God use you in the light. Here's the other thing. Don't have two different wardrobes. In other words, he, he said they gave him all these options. He said, no, I'm going to wear what I wear every day. In other words, don't come to church. <laughs> and then at home, your kids can't even tell you love Jesus. Don't have two different wardrobes. My kids to have a cell phone in my home on my cell phone plan. Here's what they have to do. They have to send me a Bible verse every morning. Why? Because I want my kids to read God's word every day. And they want a cell phone. So I'm like, I got a deal for you. You send me your Bible verse every morning. I'll keep your cell phone on. <laughs> that's a good deal. Would, you, would y'all say that's a good deal? That'd be a good deal, isn't it? Otherwise, $54 every month, if you don't mind. Thank you. Guess what? This morning, I got Bible verses. Let me just read you a couple real quick. Matter of fact, we got a, uh, a, uh, a group that has no droids in it 
a group text here. And, and, and here's one that I got from Sarah. Now, here's the thing with Sarah. She's 20 years old. She, she finished uh, school. She owns her own salon at 20 years old. She has 11 employees. She's an amazing young lady, unbelievable. And I told her for the first year of owning her own salon, I'll continue to pay her phone. She sent me a Bible verse, but it's up to you. You're an adult, whatever you want to do. She goes, oh, I'm all in on free. I'll send you a Bible verse. She said, take my yoke upon you. And I said, hey, go in there. We have a 400-year-old ox yoke made a table out of it in our living room. I said, go pick those up and realize God's carrying that for you today. That was us this morning. And then she went on and then she texts me. She goes, today's going to be great, Dad. You move, God moves this morning. And then she texts, she said, he never said he wouldn't give me anything to carry, but he's making it a whole lot lighter. That's text with my kids. I don't want to stand up here and not be me when I'm at home. That's why people don't believe in Jesus. And then my other son who didn't text me a verse, I shut his phone off. <laughs> Suspend. I just can't wait to see what friend his phone he's going to borrow to tell me. He's like, I'll send a verse, I promise. And people are like, oh man, you shouldn't make your kids read the Bible. Here's the deal. You can't make your kids run away from God from encouraging them to love God. Matter of fact, the word of God is so powerful. It says this. It says it's a two-edged sword. It don't matter if you read it and ain't getting anything out of it. You, you take a knife. I'm not telling anybody to do this. But you take a knife and, and you accidentally stab yourself in the hand or you do it on purpose. It still cuts you. Oh, I'm preaching right now. You read, the, you read the Bible in your subconscious or you read it in your conscious, it's still the powerful word of God. It's gonna cut you up spiritually and your kids. Make them read the Bible. You're like, oh, I don't wanna make them. Why? You make them go to school, bless God. You, you do your homework. You know why? Because publicly your grades will be shown and I don't wanna be embarrassed. But spiritually, I don't care if you stand before God and have never read the Bible on your own. Are we crazy? No, we're fakers. Let's quit that. You're like, man, I don't know. My kids are out of the home. This, you got grandkids. You got other ways to impart it. You can ask their forgiveness for not encouraging and encourage them to now. Start a family group now. As long as there's no droid family members, you're in. That was today. My other son, send me Bible verse. Y'all with me on that. I'm just saying, don't have two different wardrobes and miss out on the blessing and power of God by always feeling like you're not real. Here's the other thing. And if you want to defeat your giant, know you might miss. Why did David grab five stones? I know why. I got five arrows right now in my Matthew's bow quiver. I got five. You know why? Because I ain't that good. But like, you know what I'm saying? Here's he, he didn't know if he had four more brothers. He's just like, I'm packing heat. We're going. We're going there. And what's crazy is this. Many of you have one stone. You went on a mission trip 12 years ago, and you're still telling people about it. Lead someone else to Jesus. Lead someone else to Jesus. Lead someone else to Jesus. Tell someone else about Jesus. Pack some heat and beat some giants and watch God use you. But some of us are still, still telling the same one stone story. 
That's why I love being around pastor. He's always got another story, some other Bible, some other piece of the puzzle, something new, something fresh. Miss Jeannie, she's always got about eight books she read last night, always ready to inspire me with. I love that. You know why? Because they're growers, they're learners. They're packing all they can, as many stones. Why? Because we want to take ground and have a heart for the kingdom like never before. And if you're with me, put your hands together and celebrate the fact that I'm taking five stones. We're going to beat these giants. I am so tired of people praying about God doing something for them when God says, do it yourself. God can't fast for you. Do it yourself. There's some things you just need to step up and do, and you need to make sure you're packing all you can. Don't settle for just one rock. Also, get your stones that day. Didn't you love the fact that he didn't just have an, un he went that day and got his stones. I love that. Get a fresh stone today. Read the word of God today, every day, read God's word. And then I send to my wife every day, my Bible verse, every day, not 300 days, not 200 days, not 225, 365 days a year. I share with her. You know why? Because I don't want to be standing up here and she's not knowing that I'm daily in God's word. I don't want that. Send it every day. Plus, if you're, if you're the, uh, the husband, the house band, the house band, that's what husband means. It means you're the spiritual leader of the home. You, you need to be bringing the heat spiritually. You're the pastor of your house. Matter of fact, wives, lean over your husband right now and say, good evening, pastor. Just lean over to him. Tell him right now. I know it feels weird, but they are. Go tell him. Maybe even kiss your pastor. Kiss him. Yeah, amen, pastor. Some extra offering in Jesus' name. Get your stone that day. He says in verse number 40, we're still in 1 Samuel 17. He picked up smooth stones. And lastly, in closing, let me give you this. Get your stones every day. We're beating these giants. Here's the other thing. Don't just knock them down. There's so many times where we are just knocking stuff down or we're just sidestepping stuff. We don't really get rid of it. We just sidestep it or we try to cover it with a black curtain or something or put it in the shadows instead of what? Instead of truly killing it. Don't knock it down. Don't you love the story there and the beauty in the scripture found in 54 where it says that he, he, he was swirling and, and swirling and he threw the stone and it, it went into his forehead and it didn't say that the giant fell backwards. You know, a typical punch or whatever, a person's gonna stagger backwards. No, it says that the giant fell face down. You know why? Because God wanted the glory. Because <laughs> God wanted the glory. But he didn't end it there. He didn't end it there. The scripture says this. It says that he took Goliath's sword. He took his sword. He picked it up and he cut his head off. And if you want to win, you need to cut the head off the enemy that you're battling. And listen, you have to do that. I had someone the other day. He's like, man, I just, I'm still battling. I don't know whether I want to be back with my wife. And I was like, who are you texting? And if you keep texting her, I can promise you, you're going to continue to think there's something there when ultimately God's best for your life or the rest of your life is your wife. Quit texting her. You got to cut the head off that. You might have to take and start going back to a flip phone. You can go ahead and play if you want. Oh, it's not coming through. That's Tom again. Here we go. You, you take that. I, I had a buddy of mine. He was like, man, I do all my work. I'm done with the, with the iPhone. It's just such a straight. I said, well, get a flip phone. 
right? I mean, how many of you love a Motorola StarTech? In Jesus' name, where'd those phones go? Get me one of those right now. I remember my dad having a bag phone. I'd put it up to my head and it'd melt half my ear off. I love that thing. It was like straight from some satellite. It was hot. It was unbelievable. But we could hear somebody talk, and I was like at the bottom of the legs, like, yeah, keep talking. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? They were, you don't have to have an iPhone. Cut the head off of whatever it is you're battling for the win. And not only did he cut the head off, you know what he did? He declared victory through accountability. It says that he took the head of the, can you imagine nine foot, nine inch, approximately giant, and then took it and picked it up by the head. And then it says this, he took a pole and drove it through its neck up to its brain. He picked up Goliath and you know what he did? He's like, I just, I just won. And I want everybody to know. I mean, just blood dripping everywhere. He takes it and he takes it to his family. He takes it to his nation. He takes it, listen, to his tent and puts it in his tent. I mean, it's Jesus taxidermy back in the day. And he takes the head and he puts it up there for everyone to see. I defeated the enemy. Listen, you can't defeat your enemy in private. You need public help. And then once you get it, declare it in Jesus' name and you are gonna have the win over the enemy. You know who did that for you? Jesus. It says this, that he publicly hung on a pole. He shed his blood. He stood before the nation, before the people, and it was all come down. All that blood was shed. You know why? So you could win over the enemy for all of eternity so that you could have the victory over your giants. And God's calling you to do that right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Would you agree with God? Would you be honest with God? Let me ask you this question. Is there a giant in your life that you're facing? I mean, transparent, no one looking around. You can just put your hand up real quick and put it right back down. There's a giant I'm facing and I want to win. You can put him down. I knew it was almost all of us. There's a giant you're facing. Would you do this? Just commit over the next 10 days to take these 10 verses and say, I'm going to do all that I can to win against the giants that I'm facing. And would you just pray this in your heart, just in, in your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, I, I'm giving you the W. You, you allow me to win over my enemy because of your word and your shed blood and your power. Holy Spirit, I'm walking in step with you in obedience to you. I'm not playing games anymore. I'm taking action for the win. I'm gonna get up early. I'm gonna read your word. I'm gonna stand up publicly. I'm getting out of the down spots of my low areas of my life. I'm ready to love you and serve you and walk with you like never, ever before. I'm agreeing with you that I have the win over the enemy because of what you did on the cross through your shed blood. And if you believe it and agree with it, put your hands together and celebrate the goodness of God that we can win over the giants we face. I know you can clap better than that. I heard you. Come on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.